I'm glad to see you here. I like seeing all these colors. A few more than last year, but let's let's keep working on it. Okay. Uh, two weeks ago, two weeks ago, man, we did the. We all sang uh, uh, "Take Me Out to the Ball Game" with uh, Harry Carey. You know, we we just had a blast last week talking about golf, and today we're talking about anybody know? Foot- oh man, y'all are really excited about that, aren't you? <laughs> football! You know, what time of the year is it? Football! It's time for football, and you know, and how many of you are ready for some football? Some of you are already ready for it to be over, aren't you? I'm ready for some football. Well, here's a picture of me getting ready for some football. You know. No, I'm joking. Uh, uh, that is not me. Okay, this was, that was not before my makeover or anything like that. Okay, but uh, you know what? Most of us—that's exactly what we're talking about, right? How many of you plan on playing football next Saturday? Okay. When you say you're ready for some football, you don't mean playing, do you? You mean this? You mean you're ready to get the remote control and flip back and forth between as many games as there is, there is on TV and just enjoy yourself until your wife tells you you got to get up and go do something else, right? You know, that's what we're talking about. Okay, great spiritual correlation there, symbolism as well. There are going to be millions of people gathered around TVs with their remote controls watching all these games and there's going to be a few thousand out there actually playing football in the same way. This morning, all across the country, all across the world, there are millions of people sitting on the sidelines. They came to watch a game. They came to hear somebody preach, see somebody pray, hear somebody sing. They, they came to, 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 to spectate instead of participate. You know, and sometimes uh, maybe they even want to get their remote and say, no, I don't like that song. Come on, can you sing another one? Or, you know, hit the fast forward. Speed it up or slow it down. Turn it up, turn it down. You know, and that's what we do. It's time to get in the game. God's got great dreams for you. Are you ready for some dreams to happen in your life? Some dreams. I, I'm talking about some things that, that you can only imagine. You know, you know what dreams are? Dreams are things that haven't happened yet. Is anybody ready for some dreams to happen in their life? That's what I want to preach to you about this morning. But we're going to preach it in the backdrop of football. I mean, you know, I love football. Man, and there's nothing that can make football better than adding Jesus to it, right? Now, football doesn't make Jesus any better, but Jesus makes football a whole lot better. I mean, it just makes it awesome. We're going to have a good time in this message today. But get in your mind right now. Think about this. Are you ready for some dreams? Are you ready for some dreams? Let's pray. Father, I love you and thank you, God. God, I thank you for all the dreams I've already seen you fulfill in my life, God. And looking around and, God, just seeing all the great things you do and have done. And I just ask your Holy Spirit, God, to one more time, God, we're a church about dreams. You put that on our heart, God, that, that we're not living your dreams. The people in, in our country are not living your dream anymore, God. We're chasing after all kinds of wrong things. And because of that, God, we're settling for second best. We're settling for junk instead of the great stuff that you want to put in our lives, the dream that you have for us. I pray, God, help us today. Hear your word, God, and get this message preached, I pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said, let me say this real quick, okay? I want you to understand, this, this room is going to be open tonight at 4.30, okay? So if you come and it's sprinkling a little bit out there and your hair gets all frizzy and you don't like it, to call, you can come in here. You can grab yourself a brat and cut. Yeah, I said brat. You know, football, right? You can grab yourself a brat and come in here and sit, okay? The, the event, the main event's going to be in here, but we've got the tailgating going on at 4.30. If it's raining out there, we'll be doing all the food and everything in here. But listen, I, I just thought about that. Some of you may think, I don't want to stand outside. We're not going to be outside unless it's not raining. And even then, we're only going to be outside for 30 minutes, okay? So... To, 
Please be here. This is awesome. If, if you still don't know what it's about, ask me after service, and I'll tell you, this is an exciting, it was great last year. We've added some things this year. We've added some very exciting things, and you want to be here 4.30, and if you can come help set up about 4 o'clock, please come on a little early, especially if it's not raining. We'll need some help with a little extra setup out there. Okay, let's get into our message today. Uh, I've, got, I've got some clips I want to show you from the movie Rudy. Anybody ever seen the movie Rudy? Rudy? Great movie. I'm sorry if you've never seen it. We're going to blow it for you. You're going to see the end of it today, and we're going to blow that. But hey, it's a true story, so I mean, you know, you can go on Wikipedia or whatever and see it, read it anyway and know what happened. But a true story, and this is the story of a guy. It, it, it is an awesome, uh, Trey said it's one of his favorite. It is one of my favorite movies. Uh, if I could just change one thing, he would have, he would have been born somewhere besides uh, an area that is just full of Notre Dame fans, and he would not have played at Notre Dame. That's the only problem with this whole stinking movie is that he's a Notre Dame fan. Everything else is awesome. It is great. I want to introduce you now to Rudy, a little boy with a dream. Anybody else got anything to say to me before I start this meal? After high school, I'm going to play football at Notre Dame. <laughs> You're going to play football at Notre Dame? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm going to buy a mansion on Lakeshore Drive. Rudy. Bah. At halftime, we watch some of the Indiana-Purdue game. There's only one team we watch in this house. Right? Right. Every play, every play, you control. You men in the backfield, you there. I want you to analyze before you move. If they throw a forward pass, wait till you see the ball in the air. Don't forget, man. We're going to get him on the run. We're going to go, 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 go. And you're not going to stop until we're over that goal line. And don't forget, man, today's the day we're going to win. They can't win us. And the fight, the tools that are going to go in there. Fight, 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 fight. What do you say, man? Angelo Bertelli, Johnny Lujak, Leon Hart, Terry Hanrity, John Hewitt, Jack Snow, John Latner. We're going to go inside, we're going to go outside, inside and outside. We're going to get him on the run, boys. Once we get him on the run, we're going to keep him on the run. And then we're going to go, 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 go. And we're not going to stop until we get across that goal line. This is a team they say is good. Well, I think we're better than them. They can't lick us. What do you say, man? buy a ticket. Ten bucks. You're about 90 short. Right? Hey, kid, can I buy that ticket from you? Yeah, 20 bucks. Uh, 
Okay, so here's Rudy. So now you know Rudy. Actually, we're all about halfway through the movie already, so uh, there's a whole lot of other stuff going on. Rudy has fought his way to get this far, yet still he's not at his dream yet. Now, Rudy knows everything. He knows everything about Notre Dame football. I mean, he's even got those old famous speeches memorized, you know, where we see him as a kid, you know, there, and then you see him you know, grown up now, and he's standing up there in the very locker room where the speeches were given. I mean, he's standing there, and he's giving those same speeches, you know, out there, the kind of things we've heard, win one for the Gipper and all that kind of stuff from Notre Dame lore, and, you know, and all this going on, and, and, and there's only one problem. Rudy knows all about Notre Dame, but Notre Dame doesn't know Rudy. So when he shows up, don't, obviously don't have time to show you the entire two-hour movie, but when he shows up the first day to say, hey, I need to talk to somebody about going to Notre Dame, he's there before, he, before even the office is open, and the guard of the guard shack says, are they expecting you? And he said, no. And, and just a few moments ago when we were watching, and he walked out on the field for the first time, kind of snuck through a gate to just get and see there, the maintenance guy that you saw there with him in the locker room, the maintenance guy yells at him, said, you're not supposed to be in here, kid. He said, hey, one day I'm going to come running out, this, out of this tunnel. I'm going to play for Notre Dame. And the maintenance guy yells back out and says, does the coach know about that? And Rudy says, no. And the maintenance guy says, well, maybe you ought to tell him. And so that's what he's trying to do there. He's trying to get in to talk to the coach. He's trying to get in and talk to him, but, but the secretary is stopping him. Why? Because he doesn't have access to the coach. He can't go in and talk to the coach. He doesn't know the coach. Arab Parsegian doesn't know who Rudy Rudiger is. He's never offered him a scholarship. He's not even, he's not even attending Notre Dame University yet. So how in the world could he? There's no way he doesn't have access. Probably shouldn't even be in the building yet. Very poignant scene. The one right before this is where he was trying to buy the tickets, you know, outside and, and did you look at that i mean i love that shot the camera just comes up you know and we see rudy walking away all by himself real slow and then you just see right over the ed, right over the edge of all that uh, of that brick and mortar almost a hundred thousand people there to see notre dame and purdue play a football game and he's so close but he can't be right there he's so close but he's not there because he doesn't have access Jesus tells us in the Word of God in the book of Matthew that there's coming a day that he's going to draw everybody around him. He's going to bring everybody by and there's going to be a judgment seat. And he's going to have to look to a whole lot of people and he's going to tell them, depart from me. You've got this beautiful, wonderful thing that I'm going to do in eternity for everybody that, that is willing to and all this and live their life in a certain way and loves me. And all. But you've you got to depart from me. You can't be a part of this that I've provided for eternity. You can't be a part of it, so you're going to have to depart from me, and he's going to send them forth into, into everlasting torment. Now, that's a hard thing. You don't hear a lot of preaching on that these days, do you? We don't like preaching that. We like preaching the stuff that makes everybody feel good. We like to tickle ears. Now, there's a scripture about that. That that's what people would like in the last days, that they don't want to hear the bad news. But let me tell you, there's some bad news. It's not, it's not all good news. I mean, if you want to do your own thing, you're going to have to pay the penalty for it. And that sounds like a very hard thing for Jesus to say, depart from me. But in the very same scripture, he tells us why he's going to have to say that. You know why? Because he's going to say, I never knew you. There's a whole lot of people just like Rudy Rudiger. They know all about God. They know all about Jesus Christ. 
They've heard the songs, sung the songs. Maybe they've even got the T-shirt, right? Y'all got, anybody got a Christian T-shirt? You know, Not on right now, but you've got one, right? You've got all that, know everything about them. But can I tell you, that sounds like a hard saying, but it's because you, Jesus never knew you. And, and here's the thing. Jesus did not die on Calvary's cross so that you would know about Him. He died so that you would know Him, so that you would have relationship with Him. He didn't come. He didn't, he didn't desire just to give you information. He doesn't want you to know all of His stats. I mean, my goodness, I give you stats of mission stuff and how many people are being uh, born into the kingdom. Jesus didn't come so we would know stats. He didn't come so we could just stand at the cross and just say, Yay, Jesus, great job, rah, 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 two bits, four bits. Jesus came because He wanted to have relationship with you. And that sounds like bad news, but no, this is good news. That's just the bad side of it. And I'll tell you, there's never any good news unless there's a bad potential. Is that right? I mean, if the doctor ever gives you good news, that meant there was a possibility of some bad, right? I mean, that's the whole thing. There's always a bad side if there's some good news. Well, let me give you the good news now. Here's the good news. You're not like Rudy as far as trying to get to the coach because you have Access. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have access. You have have access. But not to get to see a coach that can can tell you, yeah, you can play football for me. Yeah, I'll give you a jersey. I'll give you a spot on the team. Or you can try out. You don't just have access to, to a coach's office. You have access to the throne room of the one who created this entire universe, who formed you in your mother's womb. And when he was forming you, you know what the word says? It says he was dreaming about you because as he was forming your parts, he was thinking about all the things he would do for you and the things he would do through you and the things he would make out of you. You have access into his throne room. That when you've got a problem, you have access. That when you've got a need, you have access. That that when life doesn't make sense, you have access. I mean, the access you have is... You don't just have a key. I mean, Jesus is on the other side of the door begging you to come. He asks us in Matthew, he says, Come to me, all you that are weary and burdened, if you're tired and you're troubled and you've got some problems and you don't know what to do, and you, you have questions and doubts and fears. He, says, just, he begs, come to me. You've got access. He says, uh, asking you're going to receive, seeking you're going to find, knock, and the door's going to be open to you. I mean, I mean, he's telling us what to do. You know, it's not like he's hidden the key somewhere. He's telling you how to get into the room. And he doesn't just stop right there, but he goes on in Revelation chapter 3. You know what he says? He says, you know, if you come to the door and knock, I'm going to open it to you. But he says in Revelation chapter 3, hey, I'm even standing on the other side of the door knocking too. Now, the King James says, uh, behold, but I like what the NIV says right here. It says, here I am. I stand at the door and I'm knocking. This is what he says to us. He says, while you're trying to get in, you don't understand. I'm not sitting behind a desk. I don't have my secretary out there trying to keep you from getting in. What he's saying is, I'm on the other side. While you're trying to get in, I'm on the other side of the door knocking too. And if you'll just open the door, you can come in to me. I'll come into you. We'll have relationship. You have access. This is what God wants you to have. Hebrews, this is how Jesus did it. It's in the book of Hebrews. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has grown through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have a high priest that has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence 
Oh, let's say that again. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence. Now, Rudy had some confidence. I mean, that's how he was going in. No, no little old lady is going to stand in his way. You know, this football player. No, I'm going to get, he had some confidence going. Then by all means, he had never met Rudy. He had never met Aaron Parsegian. By all means, those of us who know God has opened the door, why can't we then boldly approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We have access. Imagine one day you work for a company you worked for for 50 years and you retire and they give you, you know, they give you a gift certificate to McDonald's. They tell you how many great things that you did for them, how much they appreciate and enjoyed all your work and you were just a great employee and all that and you're, you're just sitting there wondering, wait a minute now. And you finally get up the gumption to say, well, why didn't you give me a raise? And then the boss says, well, you know what? You never asked for one. The door was always open, but you didn't walk in. You never told me you needed more money. You just didn't ask, even though you had access. You know what? We're going to get to heaven one day. And we're going to say, God, why did... And he's going to say, you didn't ask. What the book of James tells us. You didn't ask. You don't have because you didn't ask. Come on, ask. Open up and ask. The door's open. I'm ready for you. I'm begging you, come to me if you're tired. Come to me if you're burdened. Come to me if you've got problems. Come to me if it's not working out. I'm begging you, come ask, seek, knock, and I'm on the other side and I'll open up to you. He begs us to and, and we don't do it. We can figure it out our own way, can't we? And what do we end up doing though? We end up making a bigger mess. Because it's never going to work our way if he created it. It's like trying to, you know, trying to run a refrigerator using the manual from a microwave. It ain't going to work unless you're doing it God's way. Later in the movie, and in real life, since it's a true story, Rudy goes back to the coach. Now, he does get in and talk to the coach in this scene that we saw a moment ago. But later, he, he actually does to just give you a little bit of what happens, transpires here. He's worked very hard to get to this place. And he finally gets on the team, but he's a walk-on. And now, I know we look around and we see walk-ons, and if you're a football fan, you know walk-ons get to play. Not at Notre Dame, not at this time. Not that they, were giving out, they were giving out, I think they said, like 30 extra scholarships, and they actually had spots on the team that could, people stand on the sidelines. So they were giving out scholarships to the best players, so all these walk-ons, the best they could hope to do is just barely make the team. And they told them, said, don't ever hope to get on the sidelines. You can make the team, maybe. We might keep two or three of you around just for the, the big guys to beat on and learn what they're supposed to do. But don't ever ha- don't have any ideas of grandeur that you're going to get up. You're going to watch. Even if you get on the team, you're going to watch every game from the stands just like a fan, even if you're on the team. But he made the team, and by making the team, he got a little more access. And you know, that, that kind of happens with us too. The closer we get to God, the more access we get, or the way we, we learn our way in. And we can get there. Well, Rudy takes advantage of it. And, the, and during the last season of the year, during the last season, or the, uh, during his junior season, the season before his last season, he goes in again to Era Parsegian. And he says, I, I, says, I, I, want, I, want, to, I want to dress. Just one game, coach. 
And he talks him into it, and he gets a promise from Eric Parsegian that next year you dress one game. You deserve it. You've been out here, you know, been toiling, you've been working hard, you've been bleeding for me, you've been sweating for me. You deserve it. One game next year you're going to dress. That means he's going to get to put on a jersey. He's going to actually have on have pads and a helmet and stand on the side of, with all the rest of them. He doesn't have to sit up in the stands like a fan. He's actually going to get to look like he's on the team. And he gets this promise, and then at the end of the season, Coach Parsegian because of health problems, a lot of other things going on, he quits. And Notre Dame hires Dan Devine to replace him. And now what happens now? When you get a promise from a man and situations change, what happens to those promises? They're out the window. Governor Bob Riley can make you a promise today. He can, as governor of this state, he can make you a promise today about next year. And you know what? It ain't no good because he won't be governor next year. But you know what? That will never happen to me and you. Because the book of Isaiah says this, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and holding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Can I tell you this? Our God is going nowhere. He's on the throne today. He's always going to be on the throne. If you wake up tomorrow morning and your car doesn't crank, he's still going to be on the throne. You know, if your kid comes home with a bad report card, God's still going to be on the throne. If the economy totally tanks and we all lose everything we've got, God will still be on the throne. If the United States of America is, is wiped out in nuclear war and every one of us melts away with a fervent heat, God will still be on the throne. And you know what? If every one of us quits believing in Him, we don't sing His songs anymore, we don't read His Word anymore, we don't pray, we don't ask, we don't take advantage of our access, can I tell you something? That won't change one single bit about who He is he will still be on his throne. That will never change about him. And so if he made a promise to you yesterday, guess what? It's still in effect today. And it will be next, next, tomorrow, next week, next month, next year. It will be in effect as a, no matter how many years transpire and pass, even into eternity. If God made you a promise, you can always bank on it. Somebody say amen. Are you ready for some dreams? You ready for some dreams? Then we need to move somewhere. We need to do something. We need to, get, we need to get suited up. We need to get dressed. We need to get dressed for the game. We've got a problem, though. Rudy's is kind of on the team. He's never made the dress list. As a matter of fact, every week after week after week, he keeps going and looking at the dress list. On, I want to show that to you, but I just have too much, too much to show you this morning. And he just he doesn't see it, doesn't see it. He's never on the dress list. And now there's a new coach in town. And Dan Devine, Rudy hasn't meant anything to him. He doesn't appreciate the last three years of blood and sweat and being a tackling dummy. He doesn't appreciate all the work that he's done. So he could care less. Rudy's got to have some help. Well, he gets it. Oh, hi, Roland. Come in. I want Rudy to dress in my place, Coach. He deserves it. You're an all-American and our captain. Act like it. I believe I am.
Me too, Coach. Already addressed my place. Uh, I want you to know that I think this is a great thing. You know, Rudy's always had that uh, since um, his birthday where after he got out of, out of high school, his buddy gave him a, a jacket. You see him wearing it a lot throughout the movie. He's got this letterman's jacket he wears all the time. Notre Dame Letterman's jacket. I mean, it's, it's the same one that all the rest of the players wear. He's got that. But that's something that even a fan can wear. You know, you and I, I mean, we got jerseys and all. The Letterman's jacket wasn't the thing you wear to actually play in the game. Sometimes we dress and we don't really dress for the game. We dress in a way that we call ourselves. And I, I, I just got to use this opportunity to tell you, explain something to you. Because I, I want you to get this in your head. If you hadn't got it in your head yet about 29-11, this is one of the reasons we don't dress in three-piece suits and high heels. Well, there's a lot of reasons I don't dress in high heels, but um, <laughs> one of the reasons is this. I dress in a three-piece suit, and I go out to eat, you know, then I'm, yeah, we went to church. What did y'all do? I, don't y'all get holier than thou on me. You know, you know that's the attitude we've had in the past at the church. We look down because we did something. Nobody else did it. And I, I know you're going to argue with me and say, wait, 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 but look back at these scriptures, look back at all this. Oh, we're, we're not Old Testament, we're New Testament. We don't dress up one time a year, one time a week, or one time of whatever to go to a place to worship God. The temple is no longer in Jerusalem. This is the temple. The New Testament says this is the temple. That means everything I do every day of the week, every moment of the day, is something that I have to be dressed for. So instead of dressing up to go to a temple to worship God for an hour and a half, what we do is we dress every day. And we dress the same way we do every day. And I, I'm not telling you you've got to dress. Our, oh, I bet you should have looked around before I said this. You know, uh, but, you know if you, nobody's got on a coat or a tie. Sometimes visitors come in. They don't, they don't know to get here. But I, I just got to tell you this. When you see somebody in a three-piece suit, does that make you want to say, hey, that looks like somebody that's got time on their hands to talk to me about my problems? <laughs> Y'all snickering back there. <laughs> I mean, seriously, is that what it No, you're thinking, they don't have time to talk to me. And they probably got, if they're in a three-piece suit, they're headed somewhere. They're really busy, and they probably got more money than I've got and all this and all this and all that. But you wear something like this, and what happens? My goodness, we got the greatest example between services right here today. I mean, people coming and going. All of a sudden, Florida fans are meeting Florida fans in the house of God. They didn't even know that they existed on the other side of the... Oh, Auburn fans. I mean, I bet, I guarantee there are Auburn fans in this building today that have, ne- that have spoken to people in the church they've never spoken to because... Today the they saw them. Come on, you say amen or oh me, but it's happened. What does this do? This, this kind of, and I'm not just talking about what we've got on today. I'm talking about what we always wear here at 2911. It opens a door for us to talk. I mean, when you're dressed casual, somebody feels like they can talk to you. When you've got on a, uh, an Alabama, Auburn, Florida, Gator, 
or Georgia, whatever it is you like to wear. When you've got that on, you're standing in line at Kmart or somewhere. And, you know, somebody say, hey, good game, wasn't it, Saturday? You know, or they may throw you a roll tide or something like that, or maybe even a gator chomp or whatever, right? You know, I, I mean, it just opens doors for you to talk to somebody. Or, or when you've got your kids, uh, you know, your kids t-shirt on from school or something that you're a proud mom or somebody. I mean, it opens a door for you. And, and we've got to start paying attention that when we get dressed, we're not getting dressed to just, oh, be in some... We're getting dressed to go do our work. This is our work clothes. We wear our work clothes on Sunday morning. What, what you guys normally wear and some of you are wearing today, you didn't get the memo or just didn't want to, or like Emma said, she bought new shoes yesterday and they didn't match her, her uh, jersey, so she had to wear something that matched her new shoes. You know, for what, you know, some of, but you've got your work clothes on today because this is our Christian work. It's to get out there and connect and find a way for, for, for us to be a bridge to get God and some unchurched, some, some person that doesn't know it, to bridge a gap and for them to meet. And, and, and you know, and, and when you got your 2911 shirt on or when you got a Christian shirt on or, or somebody just finds out, you, listen, I, I, I just say it this way. When somebody starts talking to me about Alabama football, I'm two steps away from talking about Jesus. I, really, I can, I can be there in two steps. When somebody starts talking to me uh, uh, you know, about their kids in school, hey, I'm one step away from being able to talk about Jesus. But when somebody starts talking to me, they realize I'm a minister or they see my 2911 or church or, or they hear something and realize that I'm a Christian and they start talking to me about a problem they've got in their lives, I'm not even one step. I am right there at a place to talk about Jesus. We've got to start paying attention to what it is we're doing in life and get dressed and get out there and get in the game and quit sitting around on our pews or our fannies and letting somebody else do what we're supposed to do. It's been too long that we've been paying people to go do the mission work. We've been paying youth pastors to raise our kids and children's pastors to get our kids saved. No, that's your job, Dad. That's your job, Mom. That's your job, grandparents. We need to get suited up again and get back in the game. Somebody say amen. Okay, he's suited up. He's ready. Uh, Are you really ready? Are you really, really ready for a dream in your life. Let me show you. You ready, champ? I've been ready for this my whole life. Yeah. Can you take us out on the field? Almost got beside myself. Almost started singing the Notre Dame fight song. <laughs> I'd have had to pray if we'd have done that. We'd have had to stop right now and have if I'd have sang the Notre Dame fight song. Man, but look at it. He had his dream realized. Remember what he told the maintenance guy? I told you. He told him. He said, "I'm going to run out of this tunnel one of these days." He did, didn't he? We saw him run, and not only run out, he wasn't in the back, was he? They let him lead the way. Man, this guy has fought and he's fought and he's fought. Can I tell you, you saw it. He fought his family to keep his dream alive. When he told them he was going to play football for Notre Dame, what did they do? They laughed at him. They made fun of him. 
And you saw his dad up in the stands finally. Now his own brother barely got there and didn't even want to be there. His brother fought him. He had to fight to keep the dream alive that he had in his heart, something he wanted to do. He had to fight for that. Then he, he had to get a job, and he used his money to because his dad wasn't going to pay his way to college. He wanted to just work in the mill. And he raised money to be able to afford an education. And he went, to, he went up to try to get into Notre Dame. Couldn't get in there because of bad grades. So he went over to Holy Cross, which is right there next to it, and, and, and started working on his grades. Had to get a tutor. Kept his job because he had to keep raising money to go through school. And got his grades up to where he was finally able to get, to get accepted. Got notice after no, after no, after no, after no. But finally was accepted into Notre Dame. And once he got into Notre Dame, then he could try out for the football team. He went to the, and he had to fight there. I mean, he's one of those... Walk-ons. I mean, they're just tackling dummies. They're just out there just for the big guys to hit. You know, and one, one of the coaches told him, the biggest asset you are to us is we don't care if you get hurt or not. We don't care what happens to you because we had not given you a scholarship. You just don't show up next week and we hit somebody else. I mean, that's the, all that he was. And he had to fight and he had to fight. He had to fight just, just to be able to get to this place, uh, uh, get the jersey on. I mean, the, the fight that he had inside of him to keep his dream alive was what his... his, his co-teammates, what they saw in him that made them want to give up their jersey and their spot on the, on the roster that one weekend so that he could do it. And so now he's here and he's looking around and he's got all these people and he's in the middle of everything going on and he's having his dream realized. Or is he? Because his dream was to play football for Notre Dame. Playing in practice is not playing for the team. Oh, I, I know we can relate it, but he, you know, he wants he, what he really wanted he really wanted to get in a game. Last game of the season. Last game of his last season. Uh, it, getting down to the very last seconds. He wanted to be in the game and it's over. And, and you know, look, at the look on his face. He's just almost just excited to be there. If you're not careful, you'll miss what you really wanted in the first place. You'll give up just a second too soon. You'll say, well, maybe that just wasn't meant to be even though God said he would do it. If God said it, he's still on the throne today. If God said it, don't you dare. He has worked way too hard to stop right here. Jesus talked in Luke chapter 18. He, 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 uh, he actually invited a young man to get in the game. It was a guy, he was already on the sidelines. He was on the team. He had, been a, he had been a God fan all of his life. That's what he said. I've kept all the commandments all of my life. I've been a fan. Jesus said, okay, now I'm getting the game. And he said, oh, well, I, I, I just don't know. Luke chapter 14, Jesus tells, I mentioned this one a couple of weeks ago, he tells about three guys that were invited to get in the game and they all started making excuses. <laughs> he's gone too far. He's come too close. He's right there. I mean, he's battled too much to give up right now. And that's where some of you are at. You've battled way too much to give up right now. God has another step for you. And that next step may be the fulfillment of every dream. That he's ever had for you. This isn't the end. It's still coming. Don't give up yet. God hasn't written the last word. Of the last chapter. Of your biography. Look at the cover. Rudy. Rudy. Yesterday, a student newspaper, The Observer, after toiling for two years, and partying 
Shouted when he made that tackle again. I've seen it so many times, but that's awesome. It's true. And, and, and just getting chill bumps and thinking about that. And I, and I, and I got to thinking, of, sitting over there, I thought, you know, if we could, if we could interview Rudy just five minutes after that game or even all these years after that game, if you could interview him and just ask him, was there, a, was there one dream left out? He'd say, no. Every dream was fulfilled. Every dream. And you know what? We're playing for a better coach than he played for. Able to fulfill every single dream. And you know what? You have everything you need. You got access to a God who will always be on the throne. It's done. I got a friend, he said, his grandmother always told him 90% of life is just showing up. In Christianity, you know what? That's just about it. Forgiveness is already handled. Grace is already taken care of. I mean, you know, it's already done. All you and I got to do is just open the door. He's there. Knocking from the other side. I want to ask you to do something with me, will you? Would you stand and everybody come to the front? Let's close up here. We're going to have to sing another song. We normally do this if you're a first-time attender. We'd like to close here around the front.